Hey everyone, welcome to Creepy Inquiries, a podcast dedicated to all things creepy, spoopy, and true crimey. With your hosts, Miss Kevin and Edie, your friendly neighborhood queers. And feeling fun. 41, <laughs> 41 and feeling so fun. 41 episodes 40. in, and we still got it. <laughs> we got that. I mean, that was a flawless intro. No notes. Mm-hmm. One take flawless. Osmonds, one take Beach Boys, one take Creepy and Queries Pod. Absolutely. One take. <laughs> and it was a good one, and it was perfect, and no notes. <laughs> no notes. I didn't <sighs> cackle my way through half of the intro. <laughs> For nothing. <laughs> Why shouldn't you? <laughs> Why shouldn't I? Oh, Life's yeah. funny like that. It's sure like is. a box of chocolates. It's it's a lot of things. It really is. It a lot moves of at the speed of life. You know. It sure does. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, well, shit. How are y'all? I'm pretty good. Good. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Good. We went to last night. Went on a date. With the Aww. person that I share my life with, not somebody new. Uh, no, it's still different. Went on a date. Oh, it's definitely different. It's definitely different because we're doing this whole like dating marrieds thing now. I love, I that. love that. Fresh. I love that. It's so so lovely. Remind the listeners how long you have been married. It's going to be ten years in November. Oh my gosh! Ancient. Decade. Got married decade. early. <laughs> did get married early. I did get yes. married at 25. I yeah. did get married early. So like there is that part of it, but also I am an old crone. Um so I took my uh haggard bag of bones to a new ramen place. Oh, near our spot and it is the newest of a like an international chain of ramen places that's got like 40 yes there's like one in singapore it's like based in japan wow all over and this is the first one in the united states of america okay it was very 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 good it was super good they do mostly like brothless ramen and then some regular like tonkatsu ramen um and some apps, and it was a delight. It was very good, Yay. and it is called Kajiken. If you live in Baltimore, that sounds amazing. And I Village. do live in Baltimore, and I will be frequenting that with my ex boyfriend. Oh, I'm sorry, he's my husband. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. are we referring to our husbands as ex boyfriends now? <laughs> I think that's the new thing. He's either going to be current husband or ex boyfriend. <laughs> Uh, that's good. I think that is a good sign. <laughs> Keeps Your him on first the toes. Husband. Yes. yes, my first husband. Yeah, 
<laughs> or current, if you don't want to make them feel that bad. <laughs> I mean, first or current is the same message. <laughs> that is, yeah. It's, you're on thin ice, pal. Yes, you are on thin ice. Um, my weekend was actually nice. I actually did things. Grandma got <gasps> out of the house. Yay. Mima. What did grandma Proud do? Of you. Proud of you, Mima. Uh, Friday night, I went with some coworkers to see a local rendition of uh, Kinky Boots, which was lovely. Nice. It was, yes. It Appalachian was, Kinky Boots. Let's uh, have it. So Amish, Amish, Amish country Kinky Boots. Kinky boots. <laughs> Ooh. So it was half empty. Oh, yes. Half empty. <laughs> It was half empty, but the people who were there, which I expected, I was so surprised that they're even having this show in this town. And it was good. It was local, but it was a really good effort. Like the main actors, especially. And there were a a lot of good, like queens and dancers in it. And it it was just actually like a really good time. Now that's spectacular. I do have a question though. Do you think, since you probably did not have the libretto in front of you, um, do you think that they did some kind of trickery with the the words from the script, like they did with that Hamilton production recently? Somewhere down south, they they did a fully oh, staged yeah. production. They had of like Hamilton, a Hamilton, then Christianified with, it. Yeah, which like I mean, Hamilton sucks anyway. Hamilton sucks. Hamilton but like, sucks. Yeah, but- the guy sucks. The musical absolutely does not uh, show the actual Hamilton. Aaron Burr no. is cool. Hamilton sucks. Listen, it is it is an with an artistic license. I heard artistic. I've heard I heard artistic. You You hear what you want to hear. You know how much I love artistic. You hear what you crave. (laughs) Yeah, you hear what you crave. What what about what you say? But um, it was it was nice. I have no idea if they. I I don't think there was any changing of the of the lyrics. No tomfoolery. No, no, not as far as I can tell. Uh, it was a good time. Everybody seemed to have a good time. And then yesterday, one of my best duties came in from Philly and Aww. brought with me a fucking, basically a library of queer YA romance oh, yes. novels. Snaps for that. And, that sounds awesome. Yes. Like, she just, she just fucking gets me. She's like... I think this will cheer you up. And I was like, God damn it. If you're wrong, like you're so right. So now I literally have a stack of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine different books. Plus a heart stopper coloring book, which I am so excited for the Netflix color in Nick and Charlie. Well, from the web comic that was from the web comic. Yes. You're right. But I have, and then I got, like, so I have all four of, like, the actual Heartstopper comics, but, like, graphic novels. But, like, I also, she got me a UK version because it's a UK show, and it's got, mm-hmm. like, ex- excerpts from, like, the scripts, and, like, it's got all kind of fun stuff in it. And they oh, spell so color fresh. with a U. And they spell color with a U. So it's, um, I was I was very surprised and very excited. And then we just hung out and ate a lot of pizza. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds a beautiful amazing. Day. It was. And it was great. A lovely day. Listener, this is coming out on a Wednesday. We're recording yeah. on a Sunday. 
Mm-hmm. Mrs. Birthday is <gasps> Monday. Merle. It sure so is. By the time this airs, you'll be older. It was two days ago. My birthday was two days ago. And it was great. I was about to say, so, you look older. Thanks, Kevin. Yikes. <laughs> I don't know why everyone gives me a negative Honestly, reaction. That's what I say to anyone that says, oh, it's my birthday today. Nice. Not one person has ever liked it. I actually oh, oh. think I look the youngest out of all of us, so. <laughs> you do. Just kidding. My Miss, you didn't have to stop me. I'm already rapidly. <laughs> Kevin's bald. My hair is rapidly graying, and I've stopped dyeing it for the gravitas. Nice. <laughs> and Miss I... looks fresh and young and and cherubic. right before we started pressing record, we it's were just saying how your goddamn hair looks like <laughs> crunchy curled, getting ready for the prom updo. Yes, it is prom two thousand four. Listener, they did mean this as a compliment, just so you know. Truly, <laughs> but no, I I was kidding. We are all approximately the same age and the same level of beauty and um i will be older tomorrow or two days ago i guess two days ago yeah, yeah. the the wibbly wobbly timey wiminess of podcast time uh, it's mid 30s mid 30s which yeah. is stranger well, than i thought it was gonna be welcome but i'm, but I'm fine with it because there is nothing, there's never been a year that I've had that I was like, that was the best one. I would love, if I could repeat that year, yes. that would be great. Never had that. So I'm good with, keep, I'm good to keep going every year. Just like that happened. Let's try again. Let's try so, it again. <laughs> Better luck so we're next trying time. Again. Once, once more with Better feeling. Next time. Once more with feeling. <laughs> so I'm feeling very good and optimistic. Kevin, what's your yeah. week? My, your deal. My week, my week's been good. Oh, it's been. Um, we had a good bit of time hanging out with some local friends. I have been feeling man fluish all week, though, which is mm-hmm. really a bubber. And when I get pseudo sick, I make sure the world stops with me. Okay. And, Kevin's uh, wearing the robe again, by the way. Yes, he's, yeah, he's back in the robe. He's- He's in his illness robe. <laughs> Mama's got a heat and pad just in case. He's he's stretched out on Whoa. the divan. He's <laughs> so please he's bear got with the me, vapors. People. Please, he doesn't yeah. know if he'll make it through this season. <laughs> he's only here as an audience member today. That is y'all. true, and that's so... the only reason I agreed to come today. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know, Kev. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's always great to come regardless. It's always good to come. That's what he and she and they said. Mm-hmm. They've said. Well, yep, I've heard them. But literally all of us said. Isn't that just everyone? It is literally everyone. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, my week has been good. Um, can't really good. say too much. We just hung out with friends and went to trivia earlier this week and did okay with trivia. At bar trivia, I mean. Uh, we'd like to go. Mm, and uh yeah, I've just been having a good time. Yeah. Lovely. I think that's very good. Uh well, before we get into our stories for this week's episode, I guess I want to remind everyone to please go ahead and subscribe to us and mm-hmm. uh check Jeez. us out on social media. We're there at creepy increase pod. And you yep. can email us at creepy increase pod at gmail.com. And yeah, we we enjoy it. Do it. Give yeah. us a rate Give and us review. A rating. 
five stars or I will cook you into tonkatsu ramen. <gasps> and gobble That's, you right you don't want that. You do not want that. You must comply. That's right. Comply or die. <laughs> heard it once. You I'll get that tattoo. Comply or die. What are you, a, what are you, a police officer? Ooh. Never. How dare you, miss? How fucking I mean, dare you? you I am going to bleep that word, die. miss. I am going to censor that word. <laughs> That's fine. You can Not on this pod. Um, but <laughs> the world's saying. only propaganda free true crime podcast. We are- <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You said it. I didn't. You said it, I, and we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Hmm. So you're not ready, I'm but not I'm ready. gonna I'm gonna start this story, and and I'm so into this story, and I it turns out there's just there's not a ton of information out there, but I literally scoured the entirety of the internet, y'all, to bring this to you. And Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, back away. We got dark web, tour web browser. (laughs) No, I, I. (laughs) <laughs> Miss scoured the entire internet. Uh-huh. When Every that- nook and cranny, all the folds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I did all of that and more. Just kidding. I just, you know, I did my normal research and there just wasn't a ton. And you'll see a little, a lot of it is a little bit inconsistent. But are you ready? I'm ready. Born ready. Okay. Juana Barraza was born on December. Yes, Juana Barraza. You know Juana Barraza? Okay. I've heard the name Juana Barraza. Okay. Oh no, it's I feel one. so out of it now. Oh, you are. I don't. I okay. don't know. So Juana Barraza was born on December twenty seventh, nineteen fifty eight ish. Sources vary between nineteen fifty six and nineteen fifty eight. And a lot of the dates and ages are going to be that way. My guess is the language different in translation or whatever. Um, but the stories are generally the same, just a little bit different uh, dates and ages. But um, she was born in Hidalgo, Mexico, just northeast of Mexico City. Mm-hmm. And we don't know a whole lot about Juana, um, especially her childhood. But what we do know is that her mother was a teenage abusive alcoholic sex worker who did not want anything to do with a child. And that's, that's tough. Rough. That's kind of a Manson-esque beginning as it, well. It, it's, not, it's not better yeah. than Manson, I'll tell you that. So Juana never went to school, and she never learned how to read or write, and she was often left on her own for long stretches of time. Shortly after she was born, her mother left her father, who was um, actually a police officer, uh, left him and Juana never saw or spoke to him again. Poor Juana. So, I know. Gonna yeah, it's going to get worse. Calm down. <laughs> it's going to get a lot worse. A tragic, tragic mm-hmm. life. And one of the, I think one of the best examples of, um, you know, violence and crime and acting out in ways that society deems not okay doesn't mm-hmm. happen in a vacuum it doesn't happen oh it never no happens reason. in a vacuum almost Cheers. never happens in a vacuum so now we have a trigger warning folks um it's gonna get dark so if you are not into that that's perfectly fine fast forward a minute or two and we'll be right back into the story but for those of you who stayed 
Juana's mother, in addition to everything else, beat her daughter every day, at least. And if she didn't see her every day, it's every day that she saw her. And uh, she was known to do anything for a drink. And when Juana was either 12 or 13, the sources vary, her mother sold her to an older man, Jose Lugo, for three beers. Yeah. So. Yeah, so Juana had been on the side of her mother's cruelty before. Never like this. She'd never sold her, but she thought it was just a bad joke and that her mother or someone would come looking for her in a few days. Mm. Uh, but relief would be long coming. Juana was kept by Lugo as a sex slave for the next four or five years, depending. Years. Oh. Years. Oh yeah. How old so, was she when she was sold? 12 or 13. Yeah. Depending on the source. So meanwhile, her mother told her family that Juana had just run off with Lugo of her own free will Mm -hmm. when she was 12 or 13. This is a man in her, in his forties, by the way. But during the time she was with him, she became pregnant um, a few times. She had at least two miscarriages, but she did have a son with, with him. Um, (sighs) He would be the first of her four children, and um, he would tragically die at the age of 24 during a mugging. Mm. Oh, that's so sad. So eventually, her uncles found out, and I don't know who they are, but the sources just said her uncles, but apparently they never believed the story. And when she was about 16, her mother died of cirrhosis, so the liver and her uncles somehow found her. They found her with Lugo and they Did they took fucking her kill this guy? Because no. I uh, I mean sources say don't say anything. I but, mean like, um, I like to they, think that he did. Or they did. I don't want to say they should have, but Right. I'm not saying anything been... about should or whatever. Just if it happened, would that if have been it better? Happened... Maybe. Maybe. I mean, who um, knows? Who knows what was going on with? Lu- I mean, who knows what was going on with like Lugo as well? I don't know. I don't and know. honestly, I don't know. yeah, these aren't. These aren't. It good sounds people. just like life is hard, really fucking hard, devastatingly hard for everybody. Like impossible, honestly, and that's the problem, right? Like everyone and no one is to blame. Yeah. So. As you can tell, the, the details are kind of iffy. One source says that her mother died when Juana was 16, and that's when her uncles were fi- were able to find her. While some sources don't mention the uncle rescue at all, just that she went to Mexico City around age 16. Mm, so okay. either way, but when she was around 16, she moved to Mexico City. Again, we don't know too much about this time, but in her late teens and early 20s, she had a series of failed marriages And from those marriages, she had three more children. You know, eventually she was a single mother with no education. And Juana had a difficult time, like she always had. But she did have an outlet, something to really process her rage. Hey, Kevin. Yeah. What do you know about Lucha Libre? Lucha Libre? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Lucha Libre is the wrestling, Mexican wrestling. Mm Mm-hmm. That's exactly yep, right. And they wear the awesome masks and mm-hmm. and they never take those masks off. No. No, no. no. I'll tell you why. Go into like weddings and funerals in the masks. Yep. Straight up. 
So Lucha Libre is a freestyle wrestling. It's a unique form of professional wrestling in Mexico characterized by colorful masks and rapid sequences of holds and maneuvers, as well as high flying maneuvers, which is, makes them the most famous. And moves have been adopted in the United States, Japan, and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. The masks in Lucha Libre are very important. According to one professional luchador, the mask is the most important accessory in Lucha Libre because the mask makes a warrior. The mask draws from Mexican history in which Mayans and Aztec warriors would compete for superiority. They used to paint their faces to symbolize the warrior because they had to fight against each other to become the god or to become the top one. It was a little more serious, I think, in the old days. That was like more of a to the death situation. Yeah, it's a to the death. So in in this case, it's not to the death, but the big names, the big, the big events in Lucha Libre are the like top fights where um, to become the top luchador, you have to have a top luchador match and winning means you're the top dog. You're the best of the best. Losing means you lose your mask. You are publicly demasked and literally you will never, you will never be heard from again. You'll never wrestle again. Yeah, you're Those are some stakes. Yeah. It's so it's, it's, Libre it's, rules. Yeah. It is, it is awesome. nothing like American professional wrestling. Wow. It's so. It is high stakes, high drama. It fucking rules. Yeah. I watched a little bit of it and listen, I'm not a wrestling guy, but I could watch it. It was a little yeah. bit fun watching them and like fly, fly down and like literally just like crap, like the theater, the theatrics. Dudes in of it shiny all. speedos and capes. Yes. Like I'm here well, for Well, Kevin, it's yeah. really funny you say that because it's not just dudes. I bet not because our mm-hmm. nieces have a little kid's book about a luchadora. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, Juana was a huge fan of Lucha Libre, often seen in the front rows of arenas, and she also organized wrestling events for small-town fiestas. And sometime in the mid-1980s, a new act came on the scene. La Dama del Silencioso, or (sighs) The Silent Lady. The name was taken from the owner's personality, who was shy and kept to herself. That person was Juana Barraza. Barraza was was an amazing luchadora. So typically in Lucha Libre, there are, like I said, these huge battles, you know, they have funny names and bright costumes, but uh, there's different kind of like players. A lot of Lucha Libre is tag team with two or three players. Okay. And traditionally one person is Tenisios. Those are good guys who play by the rules of wrestling. And then American wrestling, that's the face. Yeah. Okay. All right. Look, Uncle Edie used to watch a lot of wrestling uh, in the late 90s. (laughs) There's no judgment. He could smell what The Rock was cooking. (laughs) (laughs) All of that watching of wrestling has led up to this moment, Edie. It really has. You just did not know. Anyway, Mm -hmm. and so on the flip side of that are the Rudos, the villains who break Mm -hmm. all the rules. In, In American wrestling, that is the heel. The heel. Okay. When interviewed by a major television channel at a wrestling event, Barraza described herself as Rudo to the core. So she yes. was the bad guy. You better so, work, bitch. Duh. The Dama del Delencioso was a Rudo. Or actually a Ruda. Dale, puta. <laughs> <laughs> 
None of us speak Spanish. No, we and it's so, and I'm so sorry. I, I I'm am, pretty sure I just said, I come tried. on, bitch, but I can't be correct. <laughs> Juana had a goal of becoming a professional luchador, luchadora, but an early injury cut that dream short. So she, she was an amateur for like a long time. So even though she had this major injury that prevented her from doing some of her like like her stunts, like the jumping and things like that. She still was in it because she was still having fun. But unfortunately, so this is unclear. Most sources say are split. It's either 1997 or 2000. She suffers an, uh, a really serious spinal injury and has to walk away for good. Ooh. Yeah. At least she can walk away. Yeah, no, she, she definitely is walking away and she's going to do a whole lot more than walk. Mm, moonwalk. Yes, exactly. So let's mm-hmm. let's skip back for a minute. In the late 1990s in Mexico City, there's a government initiative for social workers or nurses who would go door to door in certain neighborhoods and assist either the elderly or the poor in signing up for certain welfare programs that they were unaware of they would otherwise qualify for. So, and then around 1998, the press in Mexico City started to notice a startling increase of murders of elderly people. The press speculated that there was a serial killer dubbed, oh God, okay, um, El Maravilleja, uh, El Mataviejitas. That one, yes, thank you. Edie, say it for us, please. <laughs> How did you know that? Because of hearing this story before. Okay, say it again. Uh, Mate Viajitas. Okay, that. And and calling him L and calling and saying L, it was presumed to be a man. They assumed it was a man, and that's going to be a big part of this. There was an odd pattern, and what they saw was the, a killer would somehow gain access to the homes of elderly people. They're all above 60 years old, almost exclusively women. They believed that a person was dressed as a nurse or a social worker, and the victims were mostly strangled, but sometimes bludgeoned with either a stethoscope or items from their own home. The most uh, common being like their own stockings, like their own tights, pantyhose, whatever you call them. And then the assailant uh, robbed them of anything valuable. And then sometimes they started noticing that they started taking trinkets, just like little knickknacks and stuff that had no value at all. So it was a little confusing. I have a question. Yeah. They took knickknacks. Did they also take paddywhacks too? Yeah, I think so. I don't think they said it. um, I don't think they said it expressly, but I do Mm -hmm, think there mm -hmm. is an implied, an implied. Um, An implied amount of. Paddywhacks. Yeah. Paddywhacks. How many, if any, dogs were given bones? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there wasn't a single dog bone mentioned in the whole story. So mm-hmm. I'll give you a knickknack and a paddywhack, but I don't think we can okay. give the dog a bone. I, I believe you because you have thoroughly yeah. researched this story, I have, I have, top to bottom. You went through the entire did, internet, the whole yep. internet, TDB, top to bottom. And I'm sure I missed all of it. So please tell us. Email us at creepyandgreasepod at gmail.com. Yeah, that's a good way to bring in our social. <laughs> Listen, I'm just coming in on a segue. So. I just pictured her on a segue, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> and and if you can do it, dear listener, you're fucking welcome because it looks absurd. <laughs> um, so, however, <laughs> Mexico City Police refused to acknowledge any connection between the crimes. And over the years, a number of people were imprisoned for the murders. 
By November 2003, uh, police were forced to admit defeat after the murder of Maria de la Luz Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. And they started to notice the pattern that I just spoke of. They would gain access because there's no forced entry. It seems that they're being invited in and they're usually, then they're strangled with something in their homes and then they're robbed and that's it. So it's, it's the same MO with the exception that sometimes they are bludgeoned. It took a long ass time. Yeah. For no them to notice the pattern. So yeah. the murders, the, the press started no- noticing the murders in 1998. So this is five years later. Oh, yeah. Great job, cops. Great job. It's going to get so much worse. The cops are. They would be left for dead and the assailant robbed them and strangling them. By this point in 2003, police had enough evidence and witness testimony to believe that there could be a serial killer out there. Weird. What? Yeah. So there could be a serial killer. And like all they really knew was like they it was a tall person with rough features who was posing as a city council nurse or social worker to gain trust. And they created a profile of the killer based on that. Though uh, they were so fucking wrong. (laughs) And stupid. So stupid. Guys, y'all, criminal minds is like not real no you can't just like no no, no. the profile make- that eventually we get they get from the u.s was correct the profile that these local police made was absolute nonsense <laughs> well all right i'm so sorry i guess I, I'm give not, it up to listen the, i'm not to def- give it up to the mind hunters listen, i'm I not guess. i am not i am not giving i'm just i just wanted to state that i'm not an fbi apologist i promise <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag cancel miss. Hashtag operation cancel miss. Okay, well, I'm done, and you're never going to figure out how the story ends. Bye. No! <gasps> Sally, please come back. I'm not an FBI apologist. In fairness to the police, the issue was not only criminal, but political. One party used the increase in murders of the elderly as fuel against the other. The party in charge during this time, during the murders, had also recently implemented a public health care system for residents over 70 years old. And of course, the opposing party used that as a motive for the increase in murders. People upset. Don't help people because they'll just get dead. Yeah. Yep. So instead, so people are so people are like upset about having to pay for the elderly's health care. Like, can you even imagine? The horror. Oh my god, I can't. I just fuck. <laughs> Helping somebody who isn't me and mine, I, right. I could never and would never. Absolutely. And would yeah. never. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would rather murder old people than pay for healthcare. Mutual aid is for suckers. Yeah, fucking idiots. Uh sorry you're too dumb to be rich. <laughs> Should have been born better. Right? It didn't help that uh Sorry. So instead of pooling resources and collaborating, the political parties were using the murders, the ED, how do we say it? The El Mate Viajitas. As a weapon. And it didn't help that officials still continued to call the situation media sensationalism and denying the killings were resolved as a serial killer as late as 2005. Wowie zowie. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and the reason police were so hesitant to call it a serial killer situation was because this would turn out to be the first time in Mexican history that police named anyone a serial killer. 
Oh, so, so they're like, well, we've never had, we don't, we don't wanna, have serial killers. We've never here. had one, so we're not gonna have yeah, one. And you obviously <laughs> have had many of them. You just weren't investigating them properly. The investigation was further complicated by the fact that two sketches, two eyewitness reports were released, two police sketches. One was of a man and one was of a woman, though they were otherwise similar. Eyewitness description of possible suspects reinforced this idea. According to witnesses, the suspect had the stocky build of a man, but wore women's clothing. As a result, the city began rounding up known trans sex workers. Not the words offered in any... Not the words offered in any of the sources, but that's what we're saying. Of course not. So they rounded up the sex workers... For questioning. Surprisingly, to me, anyway, the community was appropriately outraged by this ridiculous waste of time. And I don't know if they were outraged when it was over and it turned out none of the 49 women that they took in, none of their fingerprints, 49, 49. they just rounded up 49 random women because they were trans sex workers. But, um, and also like, so you believe this could be a trans person. Why do you assume they're a sex worker? <laughs> it's just like you know the, it's the usual the suspect it's just bigotry on bigotry on bigotry yeah we don't have enough build, time build in this podcast build. episode we don't have enough <laughs> fucking time yeah like think on it yourselves listener yeah another thing that was confusing is that police started to notice a pattern within the murders themselves so they've identified the serial killer and at least three of the victims owned a print of Jean-Baptiste Gruez, Gruzy? G-R-E-U-Z-E. His famous painting called Boy in a Red Waistcoat. And because of that, some of the faction, some factions of police believed now they were seeking two separate old lady killers. Two separate old lady killers. Yes. Mexico I mean... City did not need two old lady killers but of course they were wrong right? i mean like it's a while not impossible no, like no improbable. it's certainly not impossible but it's definitely probable improbable yeah improbable <laughs> whitney houston cinderella anyone i'm i know what you're impossible. doing I, okay. I hear you <laughs> um that is a Deep and deeply homosexual. Cut. It really was. And I appreciate it's it. It's celebrating its 25th it. anniversary um, this year. Is it? Okay. 25th anniversary. Who's old? All of us. Um, okay. <laughs> September 28th, 2005, the body of 82 year old Carmen Camilla, Camilla Gonzalez was found strangled to death. The murder itself was in line with the other murders, but there was uh, an alarming difference. Number one, Carmen was killed at home like everyone else, but she lived in an upper-class neighborhood, which was different than all of the other ones. And the community was shocked when the victim was identified as the mother of prominent Mexican criminologist Luis Rafael Moreno Gonzalez. So. Huh. So that lit a fire, though the fire didn't matter because they were no closer to catching this person. So there were no murders that they found from the murder of Carmen through the end of December. And police were hoping that the killer, they just assumed they're like, Oh, okay. So the killer killed themselves. 
so they, yeah, so they devoted their time into comparing the fingerprints they had to all the bodies coming in to the morgue. So anybody that came into the morgue, there's like, okay, this is probably it. We're just going to, oh, it's not. Okay. (laughs) So... (laughs) Just fingerprinting any body that comes anybody. in the morgue. It could be it the Mate Viejita. Yes, because that it could be so stupid. It could be a man or a woman. So, or a man they and really a woman. They got nowhere. They, they literally they made got no nowhere progress. in years. The only reason this case was closed is because they got. I mean, it wasn't because of the police. Um, so, after. So, but their hopes were dashed. Uh, the killer was not dead because on January 25th, 2006, um, mm-hmm. that morning, a woman was returning to her rented room. And as she opened the door, a person rushed past her as she was exiting. When she went to walk into the home, she tripped over the body of the landlady, 82-year-old Ana Maria de los Reos Alfaro, mm-hmm. who appeared to have been strangled. Due to the increase in, increase in murders, there were a lot more police patrols in the area, and the uh, lodger was able to wave down a police officer on patrol in the area, and um, eventually they were able to to catch up with the fleeing suspect. Okay. Yeah. So let's just downshift again. Let's go back to about 1995-ish. Juana was struggling to make ends meet when her fourth child was born in 1995 and, and that just made it impossible. She desperately needed money and began to steal from shops and later uh, burglarized homes to support her children. So when Barraza had to retire from wrestling in either 97 or 2000, um, she lost income of 300 to 500 pesos per fight and her situation became dire. Um, But she was not impulsive. Uh, She very carefully chose her marks and would follow them, figure out their routines and their patterns Mm -hmm. um, and made sure whatever. So in 1996, she allegedly hatched a new plan with a friend, Araceli Martinez, that would be that they decided would be an easier way to steal and burger and burgle and less likely to get caught. They decided they were going to steal from the elderly. The two dressed in white clothes and pretended to be nurses in order to gain access to the homes of the people of elderly people living alone where they would, they would uh, once inside, they would rob them. However, um, her co-conspirator was also in a relationship with a corrupt federal police officer, Dominguez, and they concocted a parallel plan to extort Barraza. So the officer met Barraza. Oh, fucking yeah. fuck. The officer, I forgot about this. Yeah. So, so the officer. She can't catch a fucking break her entire no. goddamn life. Listen, I'm not saying she should be burgling. I'm not saying that. But she cannot catch a break. But also, like. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. Nothing happens No, in a it doesn't. This is somebody who's been modeled nothing but devastation and life. unfairness uh-huh. and cruelty her entire fucking life. Sorry. So. Yeah. It, it's yep. how can the rest of society reasonably expect mm-hmm. this person to act in accordance with this. whatever laws you literally, you that put, it is not a reasonable expectation. You cannot it, reasonably no, expect No, because that. above cannot. else, humans will survive. 
It doesn't matter what the rules yes. are. It doesn't matter what else is going on. It is our mm-hmm. our main instinct is to survive. And if that means it, if I've reached the point where I can no longer do that within the confines of the law, I will do more to make sure I survive, especially if I have children. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. She had children, one of whom, her, the first of whom, mm-hmm. yep. at the very least, the first of whom was the result of systemic yeah. uh, rapes and sex slavery when she was a child. Yep. There is no way that this person is going to be in any reasonable way. Mm-hmm. It, it would be unreasonable for this person to be expected to act in what society would deem a quote normal absolutely way. absolutely i agree completely. absolutely unreasonable and she found this one thing that she was good at <laughs> and fucking ruled for her right and it was taken away from her yeah. with injury like the one time yeah. she had something that was good. for her yeah. the one thing something was for juana you're exactly right. I'm like gonna cry. Don't cry. I, <laughs> Don't cry. Don't cry. Juana's story is it's so really sad. tragic, yeah. and I feel for the victims. I do. I do. I'm not not feeling for the victims. Two things can exist Juana's at the same time. a victim in all of this as well. She's absolutely a victim over and mm-hmm. over and over again. That does Her not whole fucking life. No, mm-hmm. it doesn't negate what she did. But there are there can exist two truths that butt up against each other. She is a victim. And what she did was horrible. She should not have done what we're going to learn that she did. So the cop, they meet um, and they met after Juana had completed a burglary that she uh, had done by herself. And Domingo Dominguez demanded 12,000 pesos in return for not arresting her. And remember, and remember, remember when she was, when she was wrestling, she was getting 300 to 500 pesos a fight. And, and 12,000 pesos is about $600 US dollars. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it'll take you a lot farther in Mexico city than it will here. But, um, so after paying what she could, they parted ways. Um, they never really saw each other again. But unfortunately, Juana couldn't afford to quit the side hustle and continued scamming and stealing. Back to 2006. Police had their suspect in custody, and the identity shocked the community. Though the trans sex worker avenue didn't pan out, most people still believed they were looking for a, quote, effeminate man, end quote. They could not comprehend that the serial killer was actually 48-year-old single mother, Juana Barraza. Now, there are conflicting reports of what Juana confessed to after her arrest. Most sources say she admitted to killing Ana Maria de los Reyes Alfaro, but denied responsibility for all others. And allegedly, when asked why she killed Ana Maria, she simply stated that she had made her angry. So, however, some reports also state that she immediately took responsibility for all of the old lady killers, all the murders. So police were not going to admit that they were wrong and were looking in the wrong place for the suspects. So 
not wanting to admit that they were wrong um, and targeted uh, minority groups, they paraded Juana on TV in front of enlarged police sketches, the one that kind of looked like a man and kind of looked like a woman, and a bust that was truly busted um, that they came up with of a suspect and claimed that it was the resemblance to the sketches in the bust and therefore the work of police that caught Juana Barraza. But that's total bullshit. Because the police were only looking no, for... they never would have I know, the police them. were only looking for an effeminate man. And Juana right. Barraza was in the police station a week before on something completely unrelated. They were not looking for her or anyone like her. And police work yep. did not end this. A coincidence, a happenstance that that lodger came home when she did. Because if the lodger came home, I don't know, 10 minutes later... 20 minutes later, uh, there would they would not have caught her. There's no chance. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so following her arrest, um, her fingerprints were linked to a total of either 10 or 11 victims. And then through other evidence, they were able to link five more. When police searched her apartment, they found personal items from 16 victims her tiny apartment. Uh, that's where they found all the trinkets and the trophies that she kept. And she had news clippings in her apartment of the murders, but because she couldn't read, it's thought that those themselves were also keepsakes where the people Mm -hmm. she was robbing had the clippings cut out and she took those, but sources vary. And I can't, I, I, I think the final count was 16 that they were able to charge her with, but I don't, I'm not really sure because the sources are confusing. Ultimately, she only pled guilty to one, just Anna Maria. And she only said because she got angry. She said, I only killed one little old lady, not the others. Um, And just. (laughs) Yeah, get off my back. Yeah, I only killed the one that made me mad. It's just one. Um, But just a brief mention. Solamente uno. (laughs) Just a quick mention of the criminal legal system in Mexico. What I can find is that mostly is mostly everything is kind of same procedure wise during pretrial as the U.S., but with the main difference being Mexico does not have jury trials. All trials are decided by the judge alone. Now I'm sure a lot of people know, but this is also possible in the U.S. It's generally called a bench mm-hmm. trial, um, and bench the difference trial. in the U.S. is that you must affirmatively waive your right to a jury trial and then elect to have a bench trial, as opposed to it being mm-hmm. the only option in Mexico. But as expected, the press surrounding Mexico's first serial killer was out of control. Her defense argued insanity. P- prosecutors argued otherwise. Psychologists, after learning about her childhood, presumed that Barraza saw her abusive mother and her victims, and she couldn't kill mm-hmm. her mother, so she, like a replacement kind of killer, like a, um, not, who am I thinking of? Bumblebutt. Ed Kemper. I, Ed Kemper. I'm thinking, so Ed Kemper, like, ultimately, his reason- Ed Kemper ultimately did kill his no, mom. No, he did. And I think- he did neck fuck her uh skull fucked her like fucked the hole in her neck after she cut it he cut her head off and then he took her vocal cords out and put them in the garbage disposal but in a twist of irony the vocal cords came back out and hit him in the face (laughs) ed kemper did great in prison he did he He, so many audiobooks was helping (laughs) he read he recorded a whole lot of audiobooks like like Uh, dozens incarcerated a whole lot even children's books 
<laughs> he ended up doing, yeah. you know, fairly well while incarcerated. And that's not so. unlike Barraza. the American dream. Well, it's not unlike the American dream, but it's not unlike Miss Barraza. So, quote, the sensationalism was at an all-time high. A female murderer who looked masculine in her mugshot, but was female presenting, committing such horrific crimes, provided much to the media to speculate about. However, honestly, the only reason this is the biggest issue, this is is honestly the biggest issue in the community. This is what everyone's talking about. Not the murders, not the victims, but the apparent, though not actual, gender fuckery of Juana Barraza. Okay. Oh my God. That is she it. She was like muscly. No, so and she so... had, listen, she had short cropped hair. She was six mm-hmm. feet tall and wore women's clothing. I don't understand what the problem is. Is it only confusing because she was tall and had short hair? Yeah. Like when you look at her. That misogyny. She, well, when you look at her, she presents female. Not that that matters at all. I'm just saying I, I truly cannot understand. Honestly, I think the issue is that they expected murders, they expect murderers to be violent men, and when it wasn't, they just could not wrap their fucking heads around it. And thought, oh, it has to- Borden couldn't have killed her parents. Nope. She's just a little lady. Exactly. It's just, it's nuts. And then psychologists, psychiatrists didn't help because they presented evidence that she presented as a typical male serial killer because she had absolutely no remorse, but also because she had typical, she had frontal lobe damage, typical of male serial killers, which attributed to- the the lack of remorse can be explained by Mm -hmm. her entire- Life. Fucking yeah. yep. her entire life. existence. Yeah. Why would you? You've never been modeled that human life is worth, is worth anything. Fucking anything. No. Yours certainly wasn't. Yours was worth three fucking yep. years. That's how much yep. you were worth. That is how much it cost to sell you, and not just like the other just piles of untold trauma. Uh, yeah. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. So, but the frontal and it's like don't don't kill sixteen people. Like, no, that's not, no, 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 no. That's not good. We're not no, saying please don't do that. No, like never do that. But like you can't say it doesn't make sense or you don't understand. It's yeah. very clear. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly clear. Yeah. The I am I'm vehemently against the characterization of people who Nobody kills for no reason. Great violence, as yeah, I, I'm matter. against the characterization of those people as monsters. Oh, no, these are not yes. monsters. No, no, no. These people are people. People are human, and just people like you and people. me, you have no idea what you are capable of until you have no other choice, and that's the truth. Exactly. People say, "Oh, mm-hmm. I could never do this. I could never." You have no idea what you are capable yeah. of until you have. No choice. And whether or not she had any other choice doesn't matter. She thought that she had no choice and she needed to survive. Because her other jobs, while she was employed, they were housekeeper at a motel and they were popcorn vendor on the street. She always worked multiple jobs, but it's not like she was making money and just decided to steal for shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. Right. And she had a federale saying like you got yeah. you owe You're me all this money. So the let's let's be reminded of the example of the law what? that we have seen in this story. Right. We have absolute incompetence yes. from uh the, the 
cops investigating and we have corruption from the other guy that we've heard yep. about dominguez yes so the federal police officer this whole like follow the law thing like <laughs> okay like for why what? for why why like, like don't kill why? anybody that's that's wrong don't kill it's people wrong regardless like, of the law but like honestly i yeah i i guess i i only i bring it up to talk about that which is legal and that which is moral are no, not they're not the same, the same thing. thing and they're not supposed mm-hmm. to uh, be. people who uh people who hold themselves out as upholders of the as law are not any more no, moral than you or i nope. uh they can be just as fucked and generally are don't worry <laughs> while only ever admitting to one murder Juana Barraza cried on tv during an interview after speaking about her mother exclaiming this is why I kill, why I hate old women. That's a summary. It's a, not a quote. But it is something she... I mean, like, fairly solid reason I mean, to hate old women. Yeah. Again, um, don't kill them. Not a great way to work out your trauma. No, but... no, it's not. But it's not like she knew how to do that either. And that's not true. She did have an outlet for that. But it was taken away from her after an injury. But it was taken away because she had a spinal injury. <sighs> so, ultimately, the police attempted to pin... Either 48 or 72 murders on Juana. <laughs> it's not even like a range. The only numbers I saw were 48 and 72. Maybe it is a range, but. That's so But to many. be fair, it was over at least an eight-year period. And it took so long for the police to recognize that it was a serial killer. I'm sure they have no idea how many victims of like, quote, the old lady killer were. Perhaps, yeah. Or it could just be one and she's telling the truth, but. She was sentenced to 759 years in prison, which is the longest sentence in Mexican history. (laughs) This is interesting to me. And she had a fine. Her fine was 286 days of minimum wage. So whatever the minimum wage at that point, that was the total of her fine. That was what she owed. Yeah, I mean, she's not getting out of prison. Oh, she's not getting oh, out of I prison. See. No. But uh, yes, it was just an interesting calculation. Like, okay. Um, Thanks. And when her... Like, good luck collecting Yeah, that. seriously. Yeah, good sure. luck. So she's eligible for parole in 2058, but she'll either be dead or about 100 years old. When her sentence was read out, Juana was quoted as saying, may God forgive you and not forget me, end quote. Huh. Oh, that's badass, yes. though. It, it is. Okay, look, I'm not excusing. No, I'm not excusing murder. I'm not, ex- I'm not excusing. I'm not, I'm not excusing, excusing it. I'm not excusing it. It was We're just a very here to talk about it. And it was just a deeply cool thing it to is. say. It's it okay that it's cool. cool. Yeah. It's okay that it's. <laughs> you know, it's okay that it's cool. everything is complicated. Nothing, nothing, nothing is is easy. one. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> is one layer, and that includes. Quotes by serial killers. Yep. We're munching on the whole onion here, That's people. That's right. Munching on The sooner on you get onion. on board with that, the easier it all is for you. Yep. So in prison, Juana made money by making tacos on Mondays and Wednesdays. And she ha- was large. Not on Tuesdays. Not on Tuesdays or Thursdays <laughs> or Fridays or Saturdays or Sundays. See, that's how she's different than the competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's she's not Taco only- Tuesdays. She captures the Monday, Wednesday yes. crowd. To be fair, I think Taco Tuesday is an exclusively an American <laughs> bullshit. <I know. laughs> yeah, Tuesday doesn't start no, with the T. It doesn't start with the T. No, what is it? What is Tuesday? Martes. Martes, yes. Um, 
so she did that, and she was largely forgotten until 2015 when news reports surfaced that the old lady killer had gotten married. The man in question was a violent inmate who she only communicated with through letters. And this is so fucking stupid. The government orchestrated the wedding as, quote, some epic love story and received a lot of media attention. Oh, I'm sorry. What? Yeah, I'm so they're like, look, fine. Pr- prisoners finding love. Aren't we great? They can't even they can't even let her have that. Mm-hmm. They can't even let her have no. like a, a no, it has to be story with an with another weirdo mm-hmm. inside. Come yeah. on. So God the problem I'm furious. There were problems though. Both Baraza and the man they'd never met before in person before the wedding day. And quote, she was seriously underwhelmed when she met him for the first time. End quote. <laughs> <Burn>. <laughs> Which, like, respect. I love it. I love her. Beggars can be choosers. Yeah, they really can be. They were only only married for a year, and they only spent about 40 minutes in each other's company over three separate occasions. And then then they they fucked thrice. Honestly, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if that was the case. She was not into him. After after it stopped being a pen pal relationship. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes the the dream is more beautiful it is. than and I, I I agree with that. <laughs> These days she see, honestly seems pretty content. Um spend and she spends her time making tacos and she kind of just puts all of her energy into that and not killing old ladies, which is good considering she's now her target age of no, sure. about yeah. 64 depending on when she was actually born and that is Juana Barraza the old lady killer wow oh. thank you I hadn't heard of them I'm so, so I'm glad that I now know more yeah but, I uh, just... that's a tragic fucking life no, and full of very awful misdeeds yeah and honestly she might uh-huh. and I don't know I'm not gonna go as far as say she's like happy in prison she's not Ed Gein but I do no, no, no. think that it might it might be a little better, depending. I, I think it's easier for her. Which mm-hmm. which is good mm-hmm. if that's true. I don't think anybody, you know, I'm not sure if that could be true for most people. But uh No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like life yeah. has to be pretty fucking extreme yes. for life in prison to be, to be a very lateral move or yeah. a improvement. Step up. Here, here. And here, here. not to say she couldn't have turned it around and, and gotten back on her feet, but she'd probably done everything in her capacity to do that. But yeah, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a really mm-hmm. interesting story. There are no good guys and there are no bad guys. And I think it's, well, no, there are bad guys, but I mean. It's just, it's, it's one of those stories that's so emblematic yeah. of humanity. Uh, what we, the, the problems of, of how we think about, mm-hmm true crime how our presumptions of like bad guys good guys like come on like true traditional true crime uh i listener no offense to you if you like traditional true crime um i feel is kind of bullshit and i'm really glad that we do it in a different way uh that doesn't have operate under the same assumptions of you know police being the good guys morality and the police being the good guys and all that stuff. And to be honest, you know, I never really thought about that. But when you think about true crime, it is always the police against the monsters. 
you know, it's what, right. the, what is the investigation? What, and, and that's, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I cover investigations I'm not, and, and not all, and they're not always terrible. I don't mean to say that they are. We've also we've covered cases where there's been really good police work, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's not the case normally. I'm finding that that is the exception and, you know, fault is where it lies, but there aren't, it's crime. There are no good guys and no bad guys. Nothing happens in a vacuum. And if we could stop seeing people as heroes and criminals, we could start seeing people as human beings and maybe respect them as such. That's my soapbox. Work. Here, here, Miss. Thank you for an incredible. Gracias, story. Thanks, thanks. I'm I so glad love, I got around to it. Love, love, love. It's an incredible story. I think people need to know about Juana, and in a way that helps people, especially people who have uh, killed multiple mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. The dispelling this kind of monster myth it is. is really important. I think, you know, even in Ed Kemper, even, even a, Ted Bundy, and Eddie Gein, Ted, poor little Eddie Gein. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Eddie Gein just wanted a lampshade. Eddie, just wanted Eddie Gein just wanted to wear ladies' clothes and didn't know how to he do really that. He really just wanted to wear ladies' so clothes, so he wore ladies' skin. Um. I'd yeah, love to cover. Yeah. I'd love to cover Eddie one day. Well, hey, you want a tone shift, y'all? Yeah. Yes, I do. Give me a tonal shift. Well, my spoopy story today is an exploration of one guy's website. That website is reptoids.com i've never been to reptoids.com never heard of that pretty much all the copy is lifted right from the site which you will see looks exactly like you think it does (laughs) pretty much all of the copy of this story is lifted directly from the site i love it it's perfect in our quest to answer the age-old question are we alone We've been conditioned to search space for aliens and ETs. This is a classical magician's distraction. (laughs) Instead of looking for other than human intelligent life off our planet, we should instead be searching Earth's many thousands of miles of underground tunnels, caverns, and cave systems. Scientists have recently updated their identified animal species list total to 1.2 million and the predicted total species list to 8.7 million. That means that we have yet to encounter the other 86%, or majority, of the life forms with which we share our tiny blue planet. Our underworld is where we will one day discover various species of Earth-evolved intelligent beings that we have been mistakenly (laughs) calling aliens. Okay. Listen, it's, it's... When you're talking about alien theories and and all of that, I've heard way wackier shit. This is almost reasonable. (laughs) Oh, and believe you me, I'm going to talk about, in in future Mm -hmm. episodes, I'm going to go into all that wacky shit. You want Hollow Earth? I'm going to give you Hollow Moon. I want Hollow Moon, (laughs) too. You want Atlantis? We're talking about Hollow Mm -hmm. Moon. We're going to talk about the Hollow Moon. But today... (laughs) We're talking about John Rhodes's reptoids.com. Oh yeah. Oh my god. John Rhodes is a crypto hunter. Okay. He is the world's foremost authority on reptilian humanoids. Okay. 
His pioneering work investigating claims of reptilian-alien contact eventually resulted in the birth of an entirely new genre of study in the UFO community. Since the early 1990s, John Rhodes, the original crypto hunter, has provided television and radio interviews, lectures, workshops, and media presentations to national and international audiences regarding his terrestrial reptoid hypothesis. He's really selling the crypto hunter thing. Yes. He came yeah. up with that and he was loving He's very it. proud mm-hmm. of that title. The terrestrial reptoid hypothesis contends that the ancestors of the reptoids and possibly other life forms retreated into underground caverns during environmental cataclysms long ago. Okay. And there they continued to thrive and evolve into the sentient beings they appear to be today. Like raccoons? Their descendants, according to... Well, we'll see. We'll see what we... <laughs> I don't know why a we'll raccoon is the first like. animal I thought of, but it is. Does a raccoon look like a reptoid to you, man? I don't know what a reptoid looks like. <sighs> We're going to find out. So maybe. Reptoids, according to John Rhodes's hypothesis, have science and military representatives that are secretly interacting with human subjects, both civilian and military. Hmm. Reptoids appear to be living in three areas. One. Under Earth's surface. Okay. Two, off-world. Okay. Three, in alternate vibrational states of reality. That's the only one that makes or sense. other dimensions. Other okay. dimensions. Other dimensions is the only one that makes They're sense. They're hanging out with the Black Lords in the astral plane. Ask Terry Hoffman about it. Please do. You can't. She That's died. Right. That's right. <laughs> but her website of cloud photography still <laughs> thrives. <laughs> It is her legacy. People have reported interacting with half-human and half-reptile beings in various parts of the world since the dawn of mankind. And what day was that? Well, most... It was like a a Tuesday, like... Okay. If you're a young Earth creationist, like 6,000 years ago, but I don't know what... I don't know what John Rhodes' take on that is. I have never heard it as a young Earth... What did you say? A young Earth what? Young, young Earth, Earth creationists <laughs> believe that the world wow. was created past years ago because that's what the Bibli says. I know, but I've never heard it heard as young Earth before. <laughs> young Earth creationists. So, you got to get on the level of like I don't know get why that's into... funnier. It's so funny. <laughs> I love that. The idea that the Earth is 6,000 years old is hilarious, but then when you give it a good title, I'm into it. Oh, and then there's also, if you're that kind of brand of evangelical Christian. And you know I am. There's also, when if you believe in the rapture, there's two camps. I do. Pre-trib and post-trib rapture. Are the tribulations that are promised Ah, in the book of Revelation going to happen before the rapture or after the rapture? And the rapture exclusively when you are lifted into heaven. That's when all the goodies are lifted out. That's but the are they are the goodies going to have to deal with the tribulations of the terrible things that happen on Earth during the apocalypse before that, or are they just airlifted out before? If I know anything <laughs> about God, and I think I do, Here I'm going to say it is uh, the option where they have to go through the tribs because I can tell that God loves nothing more than making people suffer. God loves that. So I, I say second choice. I mean, post-trib. isn't that the, the basis of post-trib rapture? Christian- you and Alex Jones agree. Post-trib. Finally, rapture. Oh. finally, someone says it. 
And I'm only saying that because isn't suffering supposed to be a virtue in that religion? So Yeah, it is. But then also for some of those folks, uh, if you're like a prosperity gospel person, then That's like true. the degree to which God loves you is, uh, is shown on in how the degree much of wealth and money and prosperity that you have. Have you ever heard anything more American? Never. Literally never, damn, never heard anything more American than what you just said. Anyway, anyway, so sorry. <laughs> While most reptiles are wild and shy away from humans, reptoids have exhibited a marked degree of intelligence and an intense curiosity of the humans they encounter. Luckily, well, they are part of no reptoid has ever physically attacked a human that there oh, is credible phew. evidence of. Oh, but there have been attacks... Okay, I'll keep there that have been in my back sightings. John Rhodes doesn't believe that there have been attacks that we know of. He's a huge fan mm. of reptoids, so he doesn't. So there, he would love to think that they're nonviolent, even though they're part human. He would love nothing more than to be best friends slash lovers with a reptoid. Okay, okay, I respect it. Listen, you love who you love. Reptoids range from five and a half to nine feet in height. They have That's lean. So That's yeah. outrageous. Five and a half feet to nine feet. <laughs> so scary. Okay. Although we could get the corners in this house, I bet. <laughs> anyway. They have lean, firm bodies oh. with powerful arms and legs. Okay. All right. They have long arms with three long fingers and an opposable thumb. Their claws are short okay. and blunt. They do not have teats on their upper torso, nor do they have a navel. They have scaled skin that is usually greenish-brown in color. They have wide, lipless mouths, and the majority of them are reported to have differentiated types of teeth, including canines. So, like, humans have different... Okay. Reptoids have either large black eyes with vertical slit pupils Mm-mm. or eyes that are white with flame-colored vertical slit pupils. I hate a vertical slit pupil, and that's not a knock against goats, but, like, it, I... I hate them, too. I don't. It there, it does something weird in my brain. I have brain, a problem with them. And I panic. Kevin, you know I panic at colored contacts. You do. It freaks... It's just... It's, I, all my brain knows is it's not real and it's not right, and then I panic. <laughs> Well, this is what I'm describing to you is all real. Okay. Okay. You're right. Bring on the vertical eye slits, whatever. Pupils. Their nasal openings are at the end of a small, flattened nose and are described as two small slits that slant upwards in a V formation. Okay. Some experiencers have reported seeing small openings where ears are expected to be, but no flesh folds extending from the side of the head as humans have. No flesh folds? I, I'm sorry. Like our, they have ear holes, ears? but not ears. So, oh, okay. Like a bird. So, they don't, so like a yeah. bird or like a snake, like a dino, like a reptoid. Reptilian beings have no body or facial hair. Reptoids having tails and non-tailed reptoids have been reported over the years. <gasps> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Their posteriors are either like that of a human with a vertical slit shielding an excretory orifice, or are comprised of a rounded, muscular area, extending from the base of the spine to the upper thigh region. Wow. Okay, so it is otherwise 
even though it's like standing up and it's almost nine feet tall or whatever, it's human with like, with like rep reptilian features mostly. Right. Mm-hmm. And then a human ass. <laughs> and just like They've a got dumps like a truck. Truck. That's truck. right. That's, That's like what? 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 <laughs> what? Moving, what? But, 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 but let me so, sing it again. I am picturing all green covered in scales and then he turns around it's like a baboon butt where it's just like it's so different than the rest of him it's just like just got like cakes cakes for days ass that you could just bounce quarters off of all day i'm into it let's go <laughs> their genitalia are concealed within a vertical slit located at the base of the torso a cloaca <gasps> like a bird in the case of women who claim to have experienced sexual encounters with reptoids. The male reptoids are described as having a penis that is lacking a soft sac scrotum. Mm, Where the scrotum sac is located on a human, the reptilian Uh male apparently has a firm, muscular bulge leading from the base of the penis to the underside of the torso. Okay. Okay. Can we just talk about that in human, in, in normal language? What does that mean? There's no, there's no like soft ball sack. It goes from oh. shaft to like a firm muscular bulge instead of. Uh, okay. Instead of the ball sack. Okay. I thought the soft itself was the bulge. Got it. Okay. Little huevos. Stop, so stop no, rolling, stop rolling balls in your hand. I'm, roll, I'm rolling <laughs> balls in my hands stop like it. they're, like they're those little meditation yes. flinkly yeah, little, balls. Y- yeah. Yes. Yep. Okay. So now friends, we reach. A crucial question. Yes. How fuckable are reptoids? Honestly, Let's with an ass like that, it. I'm into it. I smash or pass. Smash or pass. Do you smash? I don't know. I, I mean, haven't seen. Okay, them yet. listen. I haven't seen them, but okay. Go to reptoids. Maybe. And check. Well, I mean, it's is it the the picture that's on the front page of the website? There is a picture. Yeah, picture that's on okay, the front page so, of the website, and then also okay. if you scroll through this page. Okay. Okay. There we go. Oh, I like the eyes at the top. Very intimidating. Wow. Draco. I didn't <laughs> even go into the Draco, but the yeah. Draco are kind of the aristocracy uh-huh. of reptoids, and they <laughs> look very similar to reptoids, but they also have capes or cape like okay. wings or just capes. <laughs> it's so the they arist- capes. The aristocrat, the aristocratness is just, it's built in. To the DNA. It's mainly it's mainly capes. It's mainly, mainly capes. Here's a dumb question: Are these lizard people that we hear? They so are much lizard. About? They are lizard mm. people that live in underground tunnels and cave networks underneath our very feet at all times. Okay, I don't think it's the same thing as the the anti-Semitic Hashtag lizard truth. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's the anti-Semitic lizard truth. I think they're well, different. Oh, unless they're it's, not. It's not not that. Okay. Reptoids.com doesn't get into it. But okay. future podcast subject David Icke, uh-huh. who is a yes. uh, former, a British former uh, soccer star slash announcer mm-hmm. and now anti-Semitic lizard person enthusiast oh, fun. Uh, who believes 
who believed that like the queen was lizard yeah, person. Yeah, like it's and, the, like the Illuminati, like anyone who is yes, in the yes, Illuminati. Yes, is like a, and yeah. and why are lizard people Jews? Jews. That's it's why. because it's because of Jews. Uh, so yeah. it, reptoids.com isn't that, but it isn't not that because he okay. also has on the website uh, like a kind of seal of approval from David Icke himself. So. Cute. Okay. That's nice. This, this story, by the way, listener. He's in the clan. This, he just doesn't wear the hood. He doesn't wear it, you know, because yeah. he wants to like – be he cool still wants to fit cape. in at work. He, wants, he still needs to go to he's work. Not, he's not wearing his Draco cape. Yes. <laughs> but uh, this, I, I am treating this story, listener, as an introduction to Fair. reptoids and reptilians. I will absolutely return to this well because it is abundant. Yes. Yes, it is. Let's close out. Uh-huh. With the story of a particular reptoid that John wrote about on his site. Okay. The lizard man of Bishopville, South Carolina. Oh, I'm so fucking. And this is this is all as as it has been. This is this is John's prose. Okay. (laughs) On a dark night near Bishopville, South Carolina, in June of 1988, 17-year-old Christopher Davis stopped to change a flat tire along Scape or Swamp. As he was finishing the task and putting the flat tire in the trunk, he heard a noise coming from a nearby field. As he peered off into the darkness, he saw a seven-foot-tall creature with red, glowing eyes running towards him on its two hind legs and grunting as it closed in. Oh, no. Don't grunt. Christopher jumped in the car and sped off down the road. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. It's behind us. Christopher heard a crashing thud above him and saw a large three-fingered hand with scales and long claws reach over his windshield. Another hand was trying to pry open his driver's side door. No! Christopher, now petrified and scared for his life, swerved the vehicle on the road and the creature suddenly fell off. He didn't know what kind of animal ran on two legs and could catch up with his car, which was traveling at a relatively high speed. He'd managed to get away, and that's all that mattered. When Christopher arrived at home, shaking and crying, his father settled him down, and Christopher began to tell his parents about what had happened. His dad knew that his son wasn't usually an imaginative storyteller, Reed, and Christopher's highly emotional state (laughs) compelled him to believe that Christopher did, in fact, see something highly unusual. He's an an unimaginative bore. This is not normal. Yeah, my teen son is a real drip. So if he says he saw this giant creature, he saw he a did. giant creature. Okay. Fair. All right. When Lee County Sheriff Liston Truesdale heard about what had occurred to Christopher Davis, he interviewed him and asked Christopher if he'd be willing to take a lie detector test. And to Liston's I... surprise, Christopher happily agreed to be tested, adding oh. that he was sure of what happened and of what he encountered. Christopher Davis drew an image of the being that attacked his car and got wired up for the test. Although believing that his story was the result of an imagination gone wild, the officers administrating the lie detector test and Liston soon realized otherwise. Christopher had passed the test with flying colors. Now, if you go to the website... Mm-hmm. From the main site, if you Done. click on the Bishopville Lizard Man, scroll uh-huh. yep. on down a little bit, 
You can see okay. the drawing that Christopher did. Oh God, that's so scary. <laughs> so realistic. Listener, Listener, it is one step <laughs> above a stick figure. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, it's like that um leprechaun sketch from It is very Report. much the leprechaun. It's giving it is that. The, yeah. It's giving leprechaun. I want to know where the gold's at. <laughs> I could. I can't draw. I couldn't do anything better than that. Um, I think you could, Miss. Believe in yourself. That is almost as bad as the confusing Wana Barraza police sketches. Oh God! Yeah. Oh geez. We should post <laughs> okay. both on Instagram. We should. We should. Um, in the months that followed. Sheriff Truesdale began to receive more and more reports from from individuals claiming to have seen a large, wild beast near Scape or Swamp. Multiple eyewitnesses began to surface. Many of those whom Sheriff Truesdale interviewed were upstanding members of the community. They were people who risked losing credibility and possibly business. Most of all, Liston noticed the highly charged emotional state of some of the eyewitnesses. His investigation training at the FBI Academy, humble brag, taught him to look for signs. Ever heard of it? (laughs) Taught him to look for signs of emotional distress to help him determine when someone was recovering from a truly traumatic event. And many who reported seeing the lizard man were showing all the signs. Fair enough. It wasn't long before word spread throughout Bishopville and beyond. The press, curiosity seekers, avid out-of-town hunters, and television crews from around the world began to show up. Gradually, businesses began to profit from the invasion. Lizard man mania engulfed the small community and the nation when the Bishopville lizard man story was reported on CBS News. Oh, good. That's legit. Sheriff's Department spokesman Billy Moore told reporters that although hundreds of the 3,500-plus residents of Bishopville ventured into Skateboard Swamp in search of the Lizard Man, armed with shotguns, most of the citizens believed that the sightings were hoaxes. After looking into it himself, however, Moore said that he had no doubt that there was something very real on the road with young Christopher Davis that strange night. There. Meanwhile, George Holloman Jr., 32, from Bishopville, reported seeing the lizard man while collecting water from an artesian well near the Scape or Swamp Bridge. Holloman and an unnamed friend were both frightened away by a creature fitting Christopher Davis's description. But did Holloman's it match the brother picture? told reporters that didn't match the picture. Holloman yeah. drew an identical <laughs> shitty picture. Are you serious? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wish. I wish. It would be yeah, great. Holman draws an identical shitty picture and then like, like out exactly of the swamp. Exactly what he looked like. Exactly like <laughs> a paper cutout nine foot tall of this lizard man. Yes. Shows yeah. up. Incredible. I'm into it. Holloman's brother told reporters that George was visibly shaken by the events and that despite his pleas for George to stop telling the story because he didn't <laughs> want to hear about it anymore. George continued talking about it. <laughs> Stop talking about this. I won't. I won't. I, I know it's real be because he wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> okay, sorry. Also, a young couple by the name of Brian Edward and Michelle Nunnery Elmore 
informed the sheriff's office that they almost hit a huge bipedal beast while driving on Cedar Creek Road at 12.30 a.m. So they, they provided hit a man. statements. They almost hit a man. And they were like, they almost hit a man. They almost hit a man. They're like, it was the lizard man, I swear. Are you sure it wasn't a human man? Nope. All right. Lizard man mania soon began to bring out the worst in people. And Sheriff Truesdale knew that it was only a matter of time before some gun-toting lizard man hunter was going to accidentally shoot someone in the swamp. Well, that's probably true. Actually, that's a legitimate fear. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Because people are not sober going out. uh, Oh, no. Fucking lizard man hunting. No. They are fucking melted off their faces going hunting for the lizard man. Yes. Yes. Somebody will be shot and soon. (laughs) It was then that the inevitable happened. Not what we think. Oh, okay. (laughs) It was a weird, it's a weird transition. John did a weird transition here. Okay. It was then that the inevitable happened. An Air Force sergeant was discovered trying to dress up in a lizard costume. Oh, Oh. old chestnut. Yes. So the press heard the story, a shadow of doubt was cast over the lizard man encounters. When the press left Bishopville, Liston was happy to see his hometown return to normal. But normal never really returned. Hmm. During the early 90s, the sheriff's office continued to receive reports of lizard man sightings. Obviously, just because you want him to be gone doesn't mean he is. Because he's real. He's 100% real. Obviously. And he looks exactly like Christopher Davis drew him. Yes, he does. He looks like, the drawing looks like a kind of spoopy Teletubby. Yeah. Okay. That's not terrible. That is not a terrible Tinky Winky, Dipsy, Lala, Poe, Lizard Man. Yes. One eyewitness, a colonel in the Army Corps of Engineers, reported seeing a half dinosaur, half man running alongside his car late one night. He informed Sheriff Truesdale of the event and, after seeking counsel from his attorney, decided not to place a formal report on file regarding his sighting. The stated reason for his refusal was that he would lose his privacy. As an officer who had spent years at the Pentagon and who was about to be promoted to general, Robert Cooper, doxxed, may have thought that filing the report would be a death sentence to his military career. Interesting. (laughs) He was going to be a general. You can trust that he saw the lizard man. Yeah, yeah. Legit. To this day... Sheriff Liston Truesdale continues his search for whatever it was that turned his small, sleepy community upside down. The lizard man of Bishopville occasionally resurfaces and continues to provide a sense of mystery and wonder. And that's a little walk through the delightful scenery of (laughs) Reptoids.com. I mean, Edie, thank you so much. My my mind has been expanded. I have Reptoids. so much research to do. Um, yeah. I, yeah. This I is just you. Reptoids 101. You think this is the last time I'm going to talk about lizard people, listener? You got another goddamn thing coming. <laughs> you don't know Uncle Edie at all. Sit down. No. no, don't get up. Don't get your keys. You sit the fuck down. We're talking about lizard people. Episode 41. Look Episode at this. Another 41. one for the books. 41, 41 having so fun. fun. Yeah. 
It felt Nailed great it. to just sit back and listen to these awesome stories, <laughs> both of which I've never experienced in my 30-something life, my mid-30s. Yes. Yes. We're in the mids. We're all in the mids now. Yeah. yeah I hope I hope more people don't know about the reptoids and Juana Barraza because I kind of love both of these stories a lot. Yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah, it was- Peaks and valleys in today's peaks yeah. and valleys. Peaks Sorry. and valleys. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, hey guys, if you yeah. are interested, please give us a cute little Raider review. As we said earlier, we always appreciate it. Five stars are nothing. Find us on social media. We're at Creepy Inquiries Pod. Again, our email if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, just want to yell at us. It's creepyinquiriespod at gmail.com. And yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you. Thank you for your stories and thanks for listening. Yeah. And until next time, goodbye. Bye.